When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker friends and NBA legends and in the house today, on Christmas, this is a Christmas special, Mike. That's why I got my elf ears on. I'm okay. a Santa. And I got the fire behind me. One and only Mike Glenn. Mike, how are you doing, sir? I am doing so well, Coop. So glad to be with you, man. Having fun. I got the season started off a couple of days ago, so I'm enjoying everything and the Christmas season. Thank you, Michael Cooper. Now, listen, uh you know, as little kids, today is the day before Christmas, and one of the things we always ask the uh, Santa for what is what what is one thing you ask Santa for? And have you been nice or naughty? <laughs> I've been too nice. You kidding me? And it's pandemic. <laughs> but you might can tell one of my passions, other than basketball, is book collecting. You can see a lot of books behind me. You always want books. You never have enough. So that would be on my list, Coop. What about for yours? Yes. I asked Santa for peace of mind okay. and uh, peace on earth. Mm-hmm. That would be good. You can Does share that, that sound, uh, Cliche? Cliche? Well, how's he supposed to fit that on the sleigh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mike, listen, so glad that you're on the show. And uh, as I was doing my background work and, and, and doing everything, the bios and going through that, Mike, I am very, and I don't say this to a lot of basketball players, I am very, very impressed with your credentials, Mike. You're a stockbroker. You earned your stockbroker yeah. license, a degree in right. mathematics. Why would you pick basketball? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Michael Coop. You you know Coop, man. Some of my mom's folks and I got educators all over the all over my family, and a lot of mom's sisters and things ask her that. They say, "Ruth, why you let them play basketball?" You know, they thought they thought I should even play, but dad was a coach at Georgia School for the Deaf. You know, so I grew up, you know, using sign language, and the deaf people taught me basketball. So I just loved the game from being with my dad. And uh I wanted to play and play just like his deaf students did. They were my heroes. So that's what got me into basketball. I stayed into books and, you know, finance and all those other things too, Coop. But uh also I loved the game and I learned from my dad and his students. 
So, Mike, who were some of your role models? Obviously, your father was one, but do you have any more outside your family? Yeah, you know, uh, well, my first role model, and I always tell people, was a deaf girl named Mildred. Mildred was a great shooter, man, and she was on my dad's team, and uh, she was a very great inspiration. And one of dad's other students uh, named Lois was the first deaf student from his team in that school. This was a segregated South now where I grew up to go to Gallaudet. Uh, it was college then. It's Gallaudet University now, the deaf university in America. And she graduated from that. She was a role model for me also. But basketball-wise, as far as NBA players, and I've said this many times on air as a commentator, there were many, many great basketball players, but there's only one perfect player in the history of NBA. Everybody else was only human. And that perfect player, who was my first hero and ultimate hero and always will be, was a guy they call the Big O Coop. You know the Big O Man. You know, you for say? our listeners, Mike, uh, the one thing that you keep mentioning about is the hearing impaired and deaf kids. You know what? Uh, I want to tell our listeners, I had an opportunity to experience that. I was coaching down in Atlanta and Mike invited me to his hearing impaired camp and to yes. see him interact. And if you were standing on the outside of the building looking in, you would never ever think that anything was different other than what was going on in there, which was learning basketball. So, uh, the pleasure of watching Mike interact with the kids, the hearing impaired ones, um, was uh, such a, um, a moment for me that it really gave me a new eye opening to basketball because you know what? Basketball is truly a universal thing. You can reach all kinds of kids, no matter what language they speak. And in this case, they don't speak at all. Mike, tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. First, let me tell you, Coop, you were one of the best guests we ever had. Every coach and every kid told us that. They said he was wonderful. He shared his heart, his inspiration, his time. He signed autograph. They loved you forever. And I've been running this camp for 40 years. Wow. It's a camp for deaf kids, uh, just all deaf kids from a lot of different states. They come here to Atlanta from many, many different states. We've had kids from the California School for the Deaf to come all the way to Atlanta because it was the only basketball camp for deaf kids. Wow. And I grew up around deaf kids, Coop, and I'd go to camp and come back in the fall and ask them, did you all go to camp? And they say, no, we can't go to camp. We can't communicate. How can we communicate? There's no camp for deaf. And I decided in high school, one day, I am going to start a basketball camp just for deaf kids. And then when I was with the Knicks, I was talking to the PR director and about my goal and dream. And he said, you know, we have a deaf school out on Long Island and they have a tournament uh, for the local uh, deaf schools in that area. Would you like, they'd love to have you for a guest maybe. So I went Coop and uh, they brought me to half court. They had an interpreter for me. I said, I don't need an interpreter. I'll just sign for myself. And when I started sending all the audience said, Wow, one of the Knicks is deaf. He's deaf. You see, he's signing. <laughs> and so I told the coach and the athletic director that I wanted to start it. I want to start a camp. Kids, please start your camp right here. So in the year 1980, the nation's first major summer basketball camp just for deaf kids. And every summer we would continue to do it. And a lot of my Knicks friends and a lot of the the nets and the 
different pro athletes that were in the area would come and visit. So we've had many great NBA players in Atlanta and New York and all over. And uh, as I mentioned, when, when Coop came, man, the coaches and kids loved him. Just You could just tell a person's heart, man. I mean, they don't have to hear. You don't have to sign a word. They know that a person is sharing their soul or love to them. And they loved you, Michael Cooper. I will never forget it's a special moment in the history of my 40-year camp for Death Valley. No, I, I truly enjoyed that too, Mike. And you know what? Uh, that leads me to my next question for you. One of the greatest yep. awards, I think, in the NBA, and obviously you have uh, MVP and All-Star, and you have all these other awards, but one of the greatest awards, I think, and Mike, you have won this award. I very was fortunate won this award, that Walter J. Kennedy, the Citizenship Award. It's about what mm-hmm. you do in your community. And this is one reason that we have something in common, Mike, because I do believe giving back to our community and the one that you're giving back to, because you have a son that's hearing impaired, right? So, you know, uh, kudos to you, man. Thank you very much. And, you know, Michael, I don't think they uh, really share that enough with the public, the NBA. They really, that really should be known to the people who get that Citizenship Award because it should be uh, recognized and inspiring to other people to give as many athletes do. So, yes, indeed. Thank you very much. Back in the 80s, we started an attendance program because attendances were down out here to get kids to go to school because if you're not in school, you can't learn anything. So that was the one thing that I did, and I think that was the reason that I was able to get that award. But uh, anything I've ever won, that's probably the most sacred and precious award uh, to me, that I've ever uh, achieved, okay? So, Mike, you um, get drafted, 23rd pick in the, in the draft. Uh, I didn't know you were older than me, Mike. I always thought I was older than you, but it's kind of nice to be with another senior citizen. Uh, you, <laughs> yes, sir. you get drafted by the Knicks, right? Uh, well, actually, it was the Bulls. I was the Bulls, okay, I'm sorry, the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah, uh, was your that's experience right. Like going into the NBA. Oh, man, it was... I loved it. I was uh, in awe of all these people that I'd seen on TV and got a chance to play with and against. Uh, and uh, so I just loved the experience. It was a little awe-inspiring me to get there. The talent is so great, and everybody can play and do all these fabulous things. But as you know, Coop, you have to find your thing that you can do, your niche, or what, what, the reason you got drafted you learn to do that thing first and foremost. You can learn some other things as well, but you learn to do your thing. And mine was shooting the basketball, and that's how I got the nickname Stinger when I was with the Knicks. But uh, that was kept me in the league to play those 10 years, and shooting that jumper kept me there, Coop. And uh, when I didn't have people like you chasing me around, coming from across the other side of court, the block was shot and everything else. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I really loved it, Coop. And I remember, Coop, uh, I think it was my second year in the league. Michael Ray Richardson and I were teammates in New York, and then he had he knew you pretty well, and we went out to eat after a Laker game. And you was at the time you were not getting much playing time at that point, and were frustrated and very determined that you were going to do that and get that playing time. And uh, you made an impression on me even then, the passion and the desire and the hunger you had for success and to make your mark. And then I just watched you just evolve from there. <laughs> it was just tremendous to see, Mike Cooper. That was very good to see. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, you know what? This is about legendary things and legendary players. Uh, tell us a little bit, as you said, you got with the Knicks and you played with 
two of the wildest ones, I think. Ray yeah. Williams and Michael Ray Richardson. Yeah. What was it yes, like? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> man, you are so you are so right, Coop, man. And even the teammates used to say, Mike, they used to say, now Stinger, you okay, man, but don't bring those guys to my room. They guys just too doggone wild and crazy, man. Because <laughs> Ray was such a strong, athletic person, used to wrestle in high school and just pick guys up and everybody was kind of scared of him and he was kind of two different attitudes. They asked him, who are you today? They said he had all these different personalities, man. Tremendous athlete, great guy, kind of moody, and uh, really enjoyed him. And Michael Ray Richardson, just 100 miles an hour, I guess he may have been ADD, ADHD, I'm not really sure, but he was just... <laughs> and those two guys, they had all this competition to get the most skills and uh, it was just really wild playing with them. And we called ourselves the family. Us, we three would hang together. Coop, you know how you have your, your buddies and Ray was from Mount Vernon, Illinois, good friends with Denzel Washington, but we would go to his house and mom would cook uh-huh. all kind of food. Mom cooked stuff for all of them. What a great time, man. They were wild and talented and athletic, but we had so much fun at that time being single in New York City. It's a, it's a lot worse places you can be that in, in the city studio 54 was gone and Earl, the Pearl Monroe is our teammate and we could even get in 54, you know, and that was where even the sheep was singing about 54 back then. So is it safe to say that all y'all took a big bite out of the apple at that time? <laughs> yes, we did. Oh. And if you hug with Earl, you could go anywhere and just walk right on in because that was Earl LaPearl Monroe. And you remember him, Coop, they used to call him Black Jesus and everything else. But, man, they just loved, loved the Earl in New York. So hanging with Earl LaPearl in New York City, I don't mean Harlem, uptown, downtown, Broadway, anywhere you just go and hang with the Pearl, you were good. What was that? Studio 54 or, or uh, the Form Club? Yeah, yeah. Both <laughs> of Okay, okay. Which one was that better? Both. <laughs> yes, indeed. I would have Earl. Where we going, Earl? <laughs> Even in LA. <laughs> Mike, you know what? I want to go back a little bit because okay. Michael Ray Richardson, that was a crazy Boy, that boy was crazy. And you know what? All all people have fought their demons and the things that they've gone through in life. But you know what? One thing I'll say about Michael Ray. Uh-huh. Next to Magic Johnson, probably yes. one of the greatest point guards that has played this game. And I think wow. a lot of the negative things he's done has overshadowed his real impact. Right. Because Magic was, you know, they try to make out, and he is, Oscar Robinson, probably the first triple-double point guard there ever was. Then there was Magic. Michael Ray Richardson, triple-double waiting to happen every single night. You are so right, Coop. I love talking to my former, even adversaries, because we shared this same experience and came up with many of the same conclusions from our observations. And we used to say that Michael Ray Richardson was Magic before there was Magic. He could handle the ball, see the floor, bring, I mean, uh, just a great point guard and a better defensive player, I might add, than uh, Magic because Sugar loved playing defense and wanted to defend the top player. So whenever we were in the backcourt together, he wanted to guard George Gervin or whomever. I said, well, you go ahead and get him and get David Thompson tomorrow. <laughs> so, but Michael Ray Richardson had so much energy and drive. And I'm going to tell you something, Coop. 
in New York City, he drove the same way in a car that he did on the court. First year, he was totally out of control. But Cavs, New York City Cavs would get out of our way. And Sugar would say, he had a little stutter. That's the only way you can get somewhere in this city, Stinger. <laughs> and the Cavs would move and let them say, oh, my God, let him through. And he played ball the same way. The first year, they called him the Big Apple Turnover. But uh, after that second year, he was, like, leading the league in steals, led the league in assists, and uh, just D'ing up everybody. I, I got Doc. I got Doc. Let me get it. Let me get it. So uh, kind of like Coop. He's like Coop, though. He liked to get that defense like you, Coop. Love to get on those top scores. And and like John Drew used to say, when they see me coming, they had to earn their living that night. So it was the same way with <laughs> with you, of course, Coop. I don't care who you were. If you were going against Coop. You got to earn your living that night, buddy. <laughs> oh, but I loved it. It I, made the game funny. Our, our travels as players takes us sometimes through the league. You move around the league a little bit, and you find yourself with the Atlanta Hawks back at home, playing with probably the most exciting player, the human highlight, Dominique Wilkins. Tell us what that was like. NFL football continues on this week which has few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest update odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. You can check out NBA future bets, see what the title odds are for the Lakers, heading into the 2021 season, or player prop bets. They're all there. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You move around the league a little bit, and you find yourself with the Atlanta Hawks back at home, playing with probably the most exciting player, the human highlight, Dominique Wilkins. Tell us what that was like. Yes, he came into the league there. That was a good draft that year. Terry Cummins, James Worthy, and Dominique Wilkins were the top three picks in the draft, and they almost didn't know who should go one, two, or three. But the Hawks were fortunate to get Dominique out of the University of Georgia, traded John Drew, another great all-star player, to get uh, Dominique Wilkins. But he came with so much energy and enthusiasm, loved the game, very passionate. And I mean, the dunking was on from day one. Layup lines, practices, games. <laughs> he was just trying to jump to the top of the square and duck everything that he could. So he had this uh, unbridled kind of energy and love for the game, too. And as he learned better all the other parts of the game, he became a much better player. But he was always passionate, and he brought it every night. I mean, you had to bring it every night at that small forward. There were so many great athletes, and Marcus Johnson on, on both sides, I mean, West and East, Walter Davis, so many. And Dominique battled them very admirably every night. We felt we had a chance to win a lot of games because of the athleticism of Dominique Wilkins. And then there was a while, too, Coop, we had a strong, powerful front line with Dan Roundhill and Tree Rollins. So it was a very formidable front line. Later, Antoine Carr joined and Kevin Willis. So we had some powerful, athletic uh, 
uh, physical players on the front line when I was in Atlanta those years. And uh, it was pretty comfortable to have those guys on your side do that era too. <laughs> oh, sure. Mike, now that were, were you on the team when they had that epic battle, Bird and Dominique, that was that playoff no, series? No, man, I had just, matter of fact, I was just out of that year, Kuba, a little early, you know, you and I both are a little early, older than Dominique. What uh, a playoff that was. I mean, he and Bird just went at it, and it looks like Atlanta would finally get the chance to get past Boston that year. And that epic game, it was uh, just Bird and uh, I mean, a classic battle for the ages. But once again, those Bird Celtics, and I know you can feel our passion and our <laughs> disregard, almost hate for those Celtics, man. Because we could never get by them in the playoffs, and that even after I had left and had gone to the Bucks at that time, uh, the Hawks still could not get past those darn Celtics. Wow! But what a game, man! That was that was something to see. Uh, you listen to the Showtime with Coop. We got Mike Glenn, aka Stinger, uh, with us on the show. Mike, we're at this point of the show where I have Coop's lightning round. I'm going to give you five names. I ask you five names, and you tell me something about the people I'm going to ask you about, okay? First okay. one, the late, great John Lewis. Passionate love for this. Saw him all the time in Atlanta, and he was always picking people up and trying to make life better for everyone, and he's a big icon with Pictures on buildings in Atlanta. We love him. It's part of our heart. He's very close under Dr. King as far as Atlanta history. Mm. Coach Mike Fratello. Coach Mike Fratello was a passionate little guy, man. Always got in people's face, but always into the game and passionate about winning. He challenged. He competed. Actually was a little boxer uh, earlier in his life. So a little short guy. But he was passionate, man. He was a good coach, and I enjoyed playing for him. The late Dan Roundfield. Man, the, one of the best teammates I ever had. Always had your back. He was always talking on that back line. He was physical, an enforcer, and nobody was going to bully your team when you had Dan Roundfield, who was from the inner city Detroit, is strong and powerful. And he was like you, Coop, defensively. He would challenge the doc almost once a year. Dr. J would take one of those dunks, and Dan would meet him with that left hand up above the rim and block that shot and throw it on the ground, on the floor. Dan Roundfield, great teammate, always going to help you. One of the true lovable guys in the, in the history of NBA. He's missed sorely. They should retire his number in Atlanta. You know what? The one thing I always remember about Dan is that uh, we were playing you guys one time. <laughs> Dan set a pick on me and knocked my ass on the ground. And he turns around, he looks at me, and he goes, Coop, I'm so sorry. And he helps me up, man. And that was amazing because he was such a nice guy, man. I, I, yes. I'm with you, Mike. I miss him a lot, man. Dan was a great, great guy, and I know he was a great teammate. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. King has such a big footprint across Atlanta, across this nation, and across the world. I got a chance to uh, 
know his son as a good friend of mine, Martin Luther King III. I know Bernice, Reverend Dr. Bernice King, and I knew Yolanda and, and even Dexter a little bit. Used to play ball a lot with Martin III. He's a big basketball fan, a lefty, used to like to shoot the jumper, but he loves the sport. And of course, real good friends with Ambassador Young, Andrew Young, who's told me so many things about Dr. King and what he was like. And I knew C.T. Vivian, who died recently. And let me give you a quote that C.T. Vivian, who Dr. King said was one of the great preachers in the history of America himself. C.T. Vivian said, Mike, let me tell you, everything you've read, you've heard, you've seen about Dr. King, you must apply it time three and you have an idea of how great the man was. Mm-hmm. And these were people that knew Dr. King, that preached love, and you have to stay steadfast in your love and your teachings. And I think he is really not given enough credit for his intellectualism. Of course, he got a doctor's degree from Boston University, and he went there because he wanted that rigorous intellectual challenge and he learned and read and studied all history I've listened to so many of his sermons at the King Center they can get tapes and CDs of his various sermons that he gave and everybody knows uh, I have a dream and uh, I've been to the mountaintop but it's so many other ones that I've learned so many lessons on living and life and success by listening to the lessons of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And on uh, his uh, annual holiday every year, people come from all over the world. They just line up and they pay, uh, go take a pilgrimage to the King Center and outside his home and people stop and take pictures and they pray at uh, where he and his wife, Miss Coretta, are both all there. And so <clears throat> it is just a tremendous thing of... Uh, you come with a different framework when you uh, go to the King Center. You feel that you are there with someone that really has impacted the world. And Dick Gregory, another part of the civil rights movement, once said that a thousand years from now, possibly the only reason people will know that the United States of America even existed will be because Martin Luther King Jr. was from there. They'll know of this giant who preached of love and had such an intellectualism and he impacted the country and the world in the way that maybe nobody has done in the history of the world other than someone like Jesus Christ of that on that level. But Dr. King is so special. I'm proud of the Atlanta Hawks, what they're going to do. You have to do something special in the city of Atlanta. We say that every year, King Holiday, we have to bring it and preside provide an example for the rest of the country. So the Atlanta Hawks are going to have an MNK jersey on, on January 18th. They're going to have the court with a tribute to Dr. King, and they're going to be selling a lot of things that say MLK on it, paying tribute to Atlanta's native son, who I think is the greatest person. He and Frederick Douglass, I think, are just phenomenal people that were loaned to the world from up high. They came from somewhere else, man. <laughs> but you love them. The more you read and study, and I read and study a lot of his works, and I have a lot of his writings and things as well. And i tell you what else was really impressive. 
when they were saving some of Dr. King's things that he has written, his letters and things, correspondences, and they were bringing them over to Morehouse College, which is where he went to college, and they were going to preserve them there. And they had armed guards, I mean, with, with guns uh, protecting these rights. Um, I mean, it's the power of literacy and his his words that were written, and they were protecting them to make sure nobody could steal these very valuable writings that came from his mind and his heart. It was just a pleasure to be around and in the presence of where Dr. King was from and where he lived. And people come every year to experience uh, the presence and the spirit of Reverend Dr. Martin King Jr. How dumb of me to think that you could only say a few words about one person. I should have let the list just be him, but uh, <laughs> words, Mike. Last but not least, probably the young lady that brought uh, 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 hearing impaired and deaf to the forefront, Helen Keller. You know, and she's a lady that all deaf people respect, and I grew up respecting her from the deaf kids, from the teachings, from reading about her, and. Um, she was so phenomenal that a person could be deaf and blind and uh, go to college and uh, impact the world. And people don't know enough about uh, Coop, her character. I mean, it was amazing to learn to communicate and to uh, get a degree from college, but she was a very moral person. She was a person that believed in rights for all, as Albert Einstein. A lot of people in history, people don't know enough about the character of them. She, I have her book, Helen Keller's autobiography, and she was a person that was very strong in her belief for women's rights, for black rights, for human rights, for civil rights. So we should know more than we do about Helen Keller, a very phenomenal lady, and all deaf people consider her a tremendous hero. And Coop, even at my camp for deaf, one year, I had a lady from Florida School, Florida School for the Deaf and Blind, which is where, of course, the great Ray Charles went to school there. And they come up to my camp every year. And one girl, they said, Mike, she wants to come. She's legally blind, but she can see pretty well. And she wants to come to the camp also. Can she come? And, you know, Coop, what am I? I can't say no, man. Yep. I grew up around <laughs> deaf kids, man. They raised me, man. So yep. I said, yes, bring her on. Yeah, I see. I know you would have said it too, Coop. I know you would. And so she came. She had fun. Everybody loved her. She did well. She was a little impaired, but she could. She, she had some seeing. She wasn't totally blind. But I have visited that school too, Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. With my dad, we would sometimes play that school. And Coop, I went there as a young lad, and Bob Hayes was still going to Florida and m and I got a chance to see uh, that band, marching band, marching 100s at FAMU, the world famous best marching band in the country, when I was also down there visiting the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind in St. Augustine. But uh, yes, indeed, that was a tremendous experience. And to know that someone like Helen Keller was like some of the students that are there are deaf and blind. And it's amazing when you see uh, all, all of those kind of people all in a positive nature, getting along and uh, and trying to live their life as well as they can and doing a good job of it, I might add. And you listen to the powerful words of Mike Glenn, a.k.a. Stinger on Showtime with Coop. Mike, a couple more questions. Uh, yes. What do, you, uh, what do you think of the state of the NBA today? 
You know, uh, I, of course you like it. You like the competition. It's very competitive. Coop, I would like to see a little less of the three-point shooting. I think we've gotten too much into just teams shooting 30, 40, three-point shots a game. I think it's taken away some of the driving, the one-on-one play, the going to the basket, some of the beauty in which the game was built upon. Uh, and I don't know how to get that back. I don't know if the three-point line should be moved back a little further. Mike, Mike let should... me ask you this, and sorry to cut you off. Do you think they should add a four-point line, four-point shot? Wow. I do not. <laughs> I do not. I personally do not like to see the circus atmosphere of it. I like to see just the balling, man. Just think of the battles, Coop, that you had with those guys. Yep. That's what made basketball great. I love that more so than just – Stand out there and see if you can shoot from all the way at half court or something. <laughs> you know, the circus shots. I mean, see the globe trotters if you want to see that. You know, those hook shots and long shots. But the game, I do love the game, Coop. I do love the game. And uh, I would like to see a little less three-point shooting, though. Uh, but I love the game. It's a beautiful game. And it's athletic. And it, we get players from all over the world, I think, that has made the game better and a lot more money for everybody involved so i still love the game okay last question mike i'm gonna put you on the spot okay give me the winner coming out of the east give me a winner coming out of the west and give me a championship for 2021 okay well obviously boy your lakers cooper just powerful again i can't see anybody even really challenging them i mean there are some good teams obviously yeah. uh portland and some good teams out west but I, I, I think the Lakers are just head and shoulders uh, above probably the whole league. And uh, in the East, everybody still thinks Boston and maybe Philly has a chance, and those are probably the two front runners. But Miami got a lot of respect, and you cannot overlook those Miami Heat. I think Butler gave them a lot of toughness and character and competitiveness, and he has some great three-point shooters down there, too. I, I think you have to really think hard about those Miami Heat. So if I'm putting on spot, I would take the Heat again. I mean, they've done it before. Mike, 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 hold up now. You're forgetting uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Them buzz look pretty I, good. The Brooklyn, they sure have, man. And you're talking about some talent. How about Irving, man? I mean, he can just score cool. He has a tremendous ability to score the basketball, and everybody knows KD. I think KD, one of the great scores in the history of the NBA. I was so sorry to see him injured because I think he could go very far on that all-time scoring list, easily crack that top ten and maybe even uh, that top five if, you know, if he weren't. I thought even Coop that KD may be a candidate to score 100 points a game. He, he was that good. He could shoot threes like crazy, and if they were just feeding him to just see – Let's just see, KD, let's see if you can get 100. And then just see him and see him. I'm not sure that he may be the one player that had a possibility. You couldn't say anybody is going to do it, but uh, he, he could come close, boy. KD is a tremendous score. Score so easy from so many different ways. But I don't know if they've got the chemistry yet, Coop. I don't know if they've worked out all the kinks yet. They're just coming off of injuries, and they may come together. But if I had to uh, – pick a team right now to come out of the East, man, I think it would have to be those the Miami Heat again, but they'll be challenged, Boston and Philly. Boston, I think, a little bit more, but I, 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 the Heat made me a believer, too, and the Lakers would be my choice to win it all again, Cooper. 
That'd be number 18. There you have it from the words of Stinger on <laughs> Christmas Eve, baby. We loving it. Ari, with your fake background of a, a fire back there, we're loving Real that fire. too. Mike, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Anything you got going on or anything you want to tell us? Um, you know, I still have exhibits. Uh, I don't, I was still trying to, let me tell you what I'm working on, Coop. I have exhibits. I'm a book collector. I'm one of the nation's premier collectors of rare books buying about African Americans and newspapers and magazines and other documents too. And I have exhibits. I have exhibits on Dr. King. I have exhibits on sports. Wow. I have one exhibit that a lot of people really love called From Molino to Michael. Molino was the first great athlete in American history. He was a wow. boxer that came out of the, the slavery. And he went all the way to compete for a world title on December 18th, 1810. He was the first great athlete in American history. So he fought in London on that December 18th. I have the London Times from December 19th telling about his fight. So I have from him all the way to Michael Jordan. Now, you name him, Wilma Rudolph, Muhammad Ali, all the great black athletes. And so I do exhibits like that. And I'm working on a, a very good sports exhibit for this February. We may have to do it virtually, Coop, and I'll surely tell you about it and maybe get a chance to share it with you. I want to look at Oscar Robertson, particularly his rookie year, you know, and Oscar had a great career. I tell you, I think he's the one perfect player in the history of the league. Uh, he won two state championships in high school at Christmas Attics High. Uh, and that had never been done in the state of Indiana. And that second year, he went undefeated, lost one game his junior year. They went undefeated his senior year. And uh, Oscar went on from there to lead the nation in scoring three times, three-time college player of the year at University of Cincinnati. And he went on to be uh, just one of the greatest in the history of the NBA, too. And I might add, too, Coop. He was the head of the Players Association for 11 years. He fought for free agency uh, because at the time when he came into the league, if a team owned you, even if you were a free agent, you could not just go and sign with another team. They had rights to you, and you still you couldn't go anywhere else. So the Oscar Robinson rule went all the way to the Supreme Court, and for 11 years, Oscar fought for rights for players. Oscar Robinson is one of the most uh, important people in the history of the league. And I would love to do an exhibit that highlights Oscar and, and some other athletes as well. I hope that I can do it physically and not just virtually uh, in Black History Month of February. Thanks, Coop. <laughs> Mike, do you ever get a headache? That's a lot of knowledge you got in your head there, baby. You know what? <laughs> Listen, Mike Glenn with a plethora of things going on. Mike, we're going to have you on later on in the show, later in the near future, man, to really hear about what's going on. Again, Mike, thank you so much. Continue success with all the stuff that you're doing, man. I know the Hawks are going to make you guys proud this year because they got that young boy can play up there. Um, sure Ari, we're out of here, man. Remember, tell a friend, listen to Showtime with Coop, Insightful BS, my Laker teammates, and my NBA legend friend, and the best one we had so far is Mike Glenn right there, Stinger. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Coop. Christmas. My pleasure. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hey, Coop. Congratulations, man. Kidding right. me? Well, I mean, what? Thank you. I mean, what? I voted in. That when you can congratulate me. It then. means it means something to be nominated though, and oh, that's for all. Sure. That's, I mean, that's really cool. No, I'm not saying that. That's it. But just even be on the table now, because for the years to come, I'm always out there. 
and they can always vote me in. So, but right. thank you, Ari. I appreciate that. Yeah, Michael Cooper, everybody, nominated for the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Memorial ha- Basketball Hall of Fame, which is uh, an incredible, incredible honor and recognition just to be even considered for the 2021 class with some great names uh, along with them. So, yeah, we're hoping whatever we can do to get you in, to help you get in, but it would be incredible. We're talking Keep about five it. championships with the Lakers. And, and if you know any of the uh, – one is it. The, the people that are voting, maybe you can bribe them a little bit. So I'll try. I'll try. I'll try <laughs> to do that, buddy. But what five, five time All NBA first team defensive player of the year in what eighty five, the uh, eighty seven, the five NBA championships of the Lakers, five or two as the head coach of the Sparks, and then one as the head coach of the Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds, the Thunderbirds, and coach of the year, with coach of the year. How how about what about the WNBA? You weren't coach of the year with two with two titles ever? No, yeah, coach of the year with the WNBA. Oh, with WNBA. Oh. So a, incredible recognition this week to get uh, nominated, and yeah, man, we're hoping you get in because uh, thank you, Ari. Appreciate one of the great that, winners and team you know team players and defensive players in the history of the NBA and the history of basketball. So good luck, man. Okay. All right, that's a good one there, man. Merry Christmas, brother. Okay, same to you. Thanks, Ari. Yep, take care. All right.